Good morning, everyone. We kind of got a, a duo today instead of a regular praise band, but uh, we are glad that you're here and glad that you could be with us. Uh, Randy and I, we're going to do a couple of, uh, I guess you call them antique songs. You know what we call them? Antique, older songs. And the first one is, uh, uh, yeah, because you're an antique. Oh. And I'm an antique now. Uh, you don't have to admit it. <laughs> but you'll know the word, you'll know the song, so just sing along with us if you would. Well, I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you were condemned. I'm alive and well, lives within me, because you died and rose again. I'm forgiven, because you were forsaken, I'm accepted. again Amazing love How can it be That you my king Would die for me Amazing love I know it's true It's my joy To honor you And all Like the time that God 
Deacon, are you ready for this group now? Ooh. I know. Sorry. Uh-huh. Uh, if you don't know, Dr. Tim's out. He is enjoying his high school reunion last night. So he and Sue will be back. Uh, Susan will be back today. But we welcome you to Community Baptist Church. As always, we ask you to fill out the maroon books. We have a lot, a lot of visitors here today. Some getting ready to go to the cabin for the week with Grandma and Grandpa's. Some all the way from Norway. We're so glad all of our visitors is here are here, as long as as well as our CBC family. I know my husband's going to spit it out. Okay, all right. Uh, announcements today. Mission ministry team still meeting? Yes. Okay. That meeting is today at three o'clock. Church council will be an important church council next Sunday afternoon at four o'clock. Please. Uh, if you're on the church council, if you're head of any kind of committee, please uh, be here for church council next Sunday. King's Kitchen, Christine Sybil. Uh, still need food, still need volunteers. We know it's summer. We know there's so many different things going on. But please, um, this is a commitment we made to the King's Kitchen. And we always serve the first fourth Tuesday of the month. So if you'll take a look in your bulletin, if you can volunteer to bring any of those items, that would be great. Um, Sunday fun day, July 26th, the Carols are hosting the youth. Be sure and let me know how many youth will be planning to go swim at the Carols house next Sunday night. Uh, today, if weather permits, we are supposed to go to the brain injury camp We'll be leaving here at 5.30. We'll be getting the van at 5.30 to go out to the brain injury camp. We're partnering with the Presbyterian Church. We're going to have a bonfire because we're all just chilled right now. So we're going to have a bonfire and cook hot dogs, and then we'll have s'mores and all that good stuff. So uh, we are glad you're here to worship with us today, and we're going to get started. And with our song of gathering, we are called to be God's people, number 390. Oh, 
Won't you please join me in our responsive reading? (laughs) Worship is a gift from God. Worship is a promise. Worship is demand. With gratitude and joy, promise and hope, commitment and dedication, let us worship the Lord our God. A reading from Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 through 20. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and holding fast to him. For that means life to you and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, 
and to Jacob. And a reading from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in the one body, and be thankful. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Come on, Lamb. I know you're ready to go to the cabin. Oh, Aaron, why are you holding your head? Come on, no. Okay, Aaron, I'm going to tell you what. And everybody, Jocelyn and Solomon, so good to see you. Everybody's growing up. It's good to see everybody today. Everybody's ready to go back to school. Well, you know what? Summer's winding down. It's time to get ready, and it's going to be okay. You guys, you can you have a choice. You can either go to school grumpy and mad every day, or you can go to school and be Christ-like and be kind and enjoy each and every day of your school year. It's up to you. You choose. I am not Lisa Carroll. I'm a little concerned because Lisa had talked to Dottie, and she was going to be here for Children's Moment, and that's not like Lisa, so let's keep Lisa in your prayers and make sure their family's okay. Huh? I don't know. That's why I'm a little worried about. But that's okay. We're going to do a very short children's moment because I wasn't ready. But I'm going to tell you what we're going to talk about upstairs. Just like Miss Dana read in the scriptures, we're going to read the scriptures again. And then we're going to talk about um, kindness, which we've talked about this many times upstairs before. And um, give me some ways, especially, especially, especially when you start back to school Give me some ways that you can be kind to someone new in school or someone that perhaps you had trouble with last year at school. You don't have to give me any names. Just raise your hand and tell me one way you can make a difference in that person's life when you start back to school. Anybody want to volunteer? Do you hear Miss Nora? Have you ever been that person in the cafeteria that sat at a table by yourself and you were so nervous and you were so scared that people were looking at you and you didn't know what you were going to do, how you were going to get through lunch? Have you ever been in those situations? I bet we all have, and it's not fun. If you see somebody that you know maybe doesn't, maybe it's their first day at your new school. Maybe they don't know anybody else. You guys are all children of God. You all know how to be Christ-like. You all know how to be kind, compassionate, and that's what God wants you to do. Don't just sit there with your friends and ignore the other person sitting at the table. This is your chance to start the school year in the way you would want to be treated. Let's remember the golden rule. You treat others the way you want to be treated. Huh? Yeah. So we are going to go ahead upstairs. We're going to continue talking about how to be more Christ-like and how to be God's people how to serve others, just like we always do. 
Let's say a word of prayer. They don't want to go upstairs. They want to go to the cabin. But I have apple juice and donuts for you. Okay, let's say a word of prayer. I know. Dear gracious God, it is a beautiful morning. Thank you, God, for allowing our feet to hit the floor this morning. Father, just bless those who are going to travel on vacations to renew their spirit, to be more Christ-like when they come back and start their regular jobs. And teachers, pray for our teachers as they get ready for another school year. Father, we thank you. We thank you for allowing us to worship in the manner we worship. And we want to give our lives to you. Just continue to guide us each and every day. We ask this in your name. Amen. All right, let's go. Let's stand and sing hymn number 495.
Father, take these gifts and bless them so that your will may be done on earth as it is in heaven. As we dedicate these gifts, may we remember that your work is done through your people. Guide us as we seek your will through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. They always do this to me. That was so pretty. I want to thank everybody for giving me the opportunity to do this. I hadn't done it for a long time. Anyway, I get situated. I appreciate everybody and everything because. God gave it to me. This song, particular song that I chose for today, it uh, kind of come from a place where I called it Giselle. And my wife said, why? Mainly because I wrote it whenever I was trying to figure out a way to comfort my, uh, my cousin. That was his wife. She died. And I remember the conversation trying to figure out, you know, something, just something. And the only thing that I could remember her whenever she was talking about her illness and everything, she just said, it is what it is. 
And that just seemed kind of strange to me, but this is kind of the song that came out of it because it is what it is. I ran into a guy at work that was uh, <laughs> was washing my hands in the bathroom. He walks up and he had this smile that covered his whole face and a little melody in his walk and all that stuff, and I just couldn't resist. I said, how you doing? He said, pretty good. I said, well, tell me, is your glass half full or is it half empty? He said, man, I'm just glad I got something to put it in. <laughs> so that, that helped me to kind of decide that this song right here would be a good one to share with you. Where's the love It's all around you Seeking ye shall find Got yourselves a mountain Either walk around or you climb It's not the destination It's the journey God has in mind It is It is There's a wall in Washington that's made of polished stone. On it are the names of those who gave all that they own. But for sons and daughters, that's the only way they are known. It is. It is. I got something in my pocket. Belong to someone else Keeps their spirit close to me When I don't want to be by myself It means much more to me Than something sitting on a shelf It is It is Careful not to make such things an idol just a reminder of the way things might have been How they might be again Where's the love that's all around you Just seeking ye should find Got yourselves a mountain Either walk around or you climb it it's not the destination, it's a journey God has in mind, it is, it is, it is, it is. Thank you so much. Keep your eyes open, there's a blessing coming your way. Well, good morning. I'm always interested in the experience of worship because it connects us to our humanity, that people have been gathering together to worship God for generations and generations. 
Our text this morning from Deuteronomy was just such an occasion that Moses, you remember, had led his people out of Egypt and had been in bondage. And he led them out of Egypt into a desert. And they dwelt in the desert. And then from the desert, he was leading them into the promised land. And these Israelites had made a covenant with God. God said to them, I'll be your God and you will be my people. God chose them, and they chose God. And God continually was somewhat alarmed that they never kept up their end of the covenant. But God always kept his end of the covenant. So this scripture from Deuteronomy, the word actually means second covenant. That they are renewing the covenant. They're getting ready to take the promised land. And Moses is saying to them, All right, let's go over this again. That we're going to go into the land that God has promised you. And I've set before you this day life and good, death and evil. And I'm going to encourage you to obey the commandments of God. Because if you do, by loving the Lord your God and by walking in his ways and keeping his commandments and his statutes and his ordinance, then you shall live. And he goes on to say, So I encourage you then, choose life. Choose to be what God has called you to be. Choose to keep the covenant that you have made with God and that God has made with you. Last week, I went fishing with a five-year-old. It was kind of interesting that we were at a pond and we were fishing and we didn't have much success. So I suggested, well, let's change lures. And he and his brother agreed. I got out a, I got out a tackle box, and it had about 15 lures in it. And he stood there and looked at it a minute. And then he looked up at me, and he said, do you have more choices? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. So I got out another box that we used to fish along the coast. It was real big, about a six-inch lure with three treble hooks on it. He said, that's it. That's the one I want. And he chose. Now, my first reaction was, what's he doing wanting more choices? My second reaction was, we live in a world where choices just inundate us. I used to come back to uh, Kentucky and Ron Jenkins is a buddy of mine. We'd always drive down to um, Waverly and eat barbecue. And we'd go in there, and he was a regular there, and we'd go in there and sit down, and a girl would come up, and he'd say, Hi, Helen, how you doing? And she'd say, What do you have? And he'd say, I'd have the regular. She'd write it down. She'd say, What do you have? And I said, Well, what do you got? And she said, Well, we've got pork, we've got chicken, we've got ribs, and we've got mutton. Said, I think I'll take a button sandwich. And said, Do you want? Wouldn't you rather have a tray or a plate? I said, What's with the tray? She said, Well, you just get a little more, or you can get a plate and you get some sides. And I said, What are the sides? And she gave me about 15 sides. I said, Well, okay, I'll just take a, a mutton plate then. She said, Large or small? And I said, Small. <laughs> and she said, uh, Do you want it chopped, chipped, or sliced? And I said, Well, I believe I'll have it chopped. She said, That's good. Do you want mild, hot, or medium? I said, well, you know, I think I'll have, uh, I guess I have hot. She 
She said, okay, fine. What do you want to drink? And I said, tea. She said, sweet or unsweet? And I said, unsweet, large or small? And I said, large. <laughs> I'd made about 40 decisions, and we weren't on even the way to the kitchen to get the food yet. <laughs> and that's kind of how it goes in our culture. We've got a lot of choices. Now, my boys here, we, we grew up on grape nuts, so I went to Walmart this week and was going to buy some grape nuts. I couldn't find grape nuts, but I counted the cereal on the shelves, and there were over 100 different selections of cereal. Now, here's what I know about these choices that we make in life. Many of them are really uh, illusions of choice because on the cereal aisle, really what you've got is 100 different ways to eat sugar, (laughs) and they've got chocolate and all kinds and I wondered when I left, what does a child, if a kid grows up eating chocolate and nerds, what happens to them, uh, you know, in life? Well, you know all about that. You know all about this business of having choices and having to make choices. And Moses was saying to his people, really, there's a foundational choice that you have to make. That in all the choices, all the gods that were there in Canaan, There was one God, there was one person, and there was one choice. And it is a foundational choice that we all have to make. And that's why we've come to worship. We've come to come before God and renew our commitment to God because we have made a choice to follow God. And in that, we have made a choice to obey God. And in the obedience, in the commitment to obedience, we are, in fact, responding to God. In a lot of ways, it's very comforting to have the freedom in life to choose. It's one of the unique things about the Christian faith, that the word used in Hebrew for reveal means an unveiling. It literally means just kind of raising the curtain. And God raises the curtain, and then we choose to seek and see what's behind the curtain. That the initial relationship begins with God. God chose his people, but he allows us in our freedom to choose him as well. Now, we in our culture, I think, have more difficulty in practicing the Christian faith than many of our predecessors because we are so blinded by our own light. And if you look around any restaurant, any automobile, any people sitting around, you would think maybe if you were from another place that they were bowed humbly in prayer. They'll have their head down like that. But really what they're doing is looking at a cell phone. (laughs) That we are so interested in our little piece of this world that we are not only not in touch with other people, We're not in touch with our Creator. And we are so distanced from our relationship with God that it becomes a real challenge. Because we really do believe, don't we, that it's our right to make the choices that we want. And we are not very much unlike a five-year-old that looks at our choices and says, well, this isn't bad, but have you got more choices? We think that we're entitled to making choices. Now, this is the power of this scripture from Deuteronomy. Moses was telling his people, if you will have the blessing of the covenant, 
then you have to choose to keep up your end of it. And that is to be faithful to God, to love God, and be obedient to God. Now this word life used in this passage of Scripture is a Hebrew word, kali. And it's very interesting because it depends on what relationship it has to the other words around it. That kali in reference to meat would be fresh. In reference to vegetables, it would be fresh. Uh, In relation to uh, meat, it would be raw. But the whole idea is having the life still in it. And when Moses was saying choose life, he was saying to his people, step into this gift, this covenant that God has given you, and you step into it and be obedient. You keep up your end of it, and I will keep up mine. And we do this, of course, by faith. Now, about this relationship with God, it requires of us, and I like this. I read just recently a a passage from Carlos Castaneda. He had done a, a little deal on Don Juan, and he was using his teaching. But what he was saying about us in the world is there is no need for us to say anything about others. There is no need for you or for me to regard others' actions in our thoughts one way or another. The worst thing we can do is to force people to agree with us. What he was saying was that if we're going to be in the business of correcting someone, it's self-correction. That if you have difficulty with transgender, look at yourself. What about you makes you eager to judge someone else? in light of the very clear scripture that Jesus teaches, judge not that you be not judged. We have this, uh, I'm interested in the Marine Corps because I served in the Marine Corps, and it's kind of interesting. My son and I were talking about it, and they're going through a deal right now whether or not women are capable of serving in combat. And I told him, I thought immediately, I said, which women? I know some women that Attila the Hun would run from. I mean, if we had a company of such women, the world would cower in fear. That it comes down to an individual, finally, commitment. And this is what Moses and Jesus tells us about our faith. That Moses can't be faithful for his people. They have to be faithful for themselves. And when it's all said and done, uh, Jesus playing the old song there about you have to go that lonesome valley uh, by yourself. That when it's all said and done, it's finally you and your commitment. You can't commit for the church. You can't commit for your spouse. You can't commit for your neighbor. We are called to commit for ourselves. And that old Negro spiritual, it's not my mama or my daddy, but it's me. O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Here's what I like about this. The gift of choice is a gift. You receive it. What you do with that choice is also up to you and up to me. So as we Christian people practice our faith, we remember that we are called to commitment. We are called to faithfulness. We are called by God to keep the covenant, hold up our end of the bargain. And the way that is done 
in Paul's day was put on then God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, and patience, forbearing one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all of these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. I hear Christian people, because I've been working in a pluralistic environment for many years as a, as a chaplain, and they want to debate all kinds of religious things. I was in a chapel in Japan, and we had 28 different worship, 28 different worship services on a weekend. We had a lot of people. But the liturgicals had to get together, and the free church had to get together, and I was kind of surprised that the Missouri Synod Lutheran, the Evangelical Lutheran, and then the Wisconsin Lutheran, they won't even worship with each other. That it's very narrow kind of under, understanding. And we have that among Baptists. You know, we don't associate with each other. And I always have difficulty with people going all the way back to Leviticus trying to get the Bible to say something to us. When we have the New Testament, we've got the presence and testimony of Christ telling us, not in any kind of confusing language, but on the lips of Jesus, some very clear language. Love your enemies. Judge not that you be not judged. A call to obedience is finally a call to choose life, to choose the life that God has given you. So I'm greatly encouraged by this. Is really, isn't it an endorsement of your ability and your strength? Doesn't it make the gospel in Corinthians, it says, you will never be tested beyond what you can do? This call to choose is clear. It's revealed. It's not hidden. And it's doable. And God has called us as a church and as an individual to be about the business of choosing life in Christ. Will you bow with me please for a moment of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, as we pray, we know that you know all there is to know about each of us, that our hearts and our minds are an open book. And we pray that as we worship and as we pray and as we live, we'll be open to your lead. This prayer in thy name. Amen. Our closing hymn, Burn in Me, Fire of God, we're going to sing one verse. Two verses? Okay. The organist says two. So I'm going to invite you to stand as we sing two verses of Burn in Me, Fire of God. And we as Baptists very often call this hymn an invitational hymn. And it isn't necessarily an invitation to come here and share your conviction, but it can be. But it is an invitation in the experience of worship to let God change you and help you choose life.